Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbet and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. She can't be convicted. She's earned her degree. And, the and it is Friday morning. We're in a good humor here. 716. 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. A little rain showers this morning, but after that, Michael, a Chamber of Commerce weekend, and we're looking forward to it. I always love that, Chamber of Commerce weekend. Uh, Bluebird Day. I don't guess you heard from Gene during the break. Yeah, I have not heard. I have stared at that phone like I was waiting in high school for that date to call me back. Well, here's the thing. So he is in a place. He went. He's up in very the very northern part, above the Arctic Circle, somewhere up there in in, uh, or close to the Arctic Circle, somewhere in uh, Canada. And I think the, the closest place is Yellowknife. You got so me. There, he said there's no Internet, uh, probably no phone service, but he took his satellite phone. And I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, it's, maybe he's having trouble connecting on the satellite phone. Who knows? And I would ask, what is he doing up there? Well, this was, uh, this was actually something that was on his bucket list. This is, this is one of the things that they wanted to do, he and his wife, go up to northern Canada and, uh, and experience the northern lights. Okay. Because he'd never seen them in person. You know, the Aurora Borealis. Now, I was very fortunate as a young man. I was stationed in Fairbanks, Alaska. And let me just tell you, you got to treat uh, a, lot of, a lot of days. You got a, a, a lot of uh, Aurora Borealis going on around Fairbanks, let me just tell you. So I saw it many times. And, you know, you take pictures of it. They're hard to get pictures of, by the way, unless you're a really good photographer. But it's, it's, it's almost impossible to actually pass that photo to somebody and really let them get the sense of what you saw. I mean, it's one of those awesome things of nature that are best experienced in person. Hey, Michael, I've got got Gene. uh, you got Gene? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Good morning. Hey, good good morning from Calgary, Canada. Calgary, Canada. Yellowknife, I understand, is the closest city, right? Well... It's about 780 miles north. <clears throat> We're leaving tomorrow for the final leg in the excursion. I wanted to put a call in and say to you, I hope this is the longest live broadcast between two points for WMXI. <laughs> We're, <laughs> We're think... thousands of miles away from each other right now, and I'm up here in the province of Alberta, which is where Calgary is. And tomorrow we leave the province of Alberta for the Northwest Territory province, which is where Yellowknife is, all to see this beautiful phenomenon on this earth uh, called the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, you had a you had a pretty long journey yesterday. So, uh, how'd that go? Well, it was a series of different stops from uh, Pensacola to Atlanta, Atlanta to Toronto, and Toronto now to Calgary. It was about 14 hours of total travel. So we just kicked up here in Calgary, and uh, we'll be uh, on, a, on a different kind of plane tomorrow um, up to Yellowknife. And uh, then when we land in Yellowknife, we go an additional, oh, it'd be the 
double the distance from your place to my place in Pensacola to Biloxi. It'd be more like a ride from Pensacola to uh, New Orleans, uh, uh, three hours. Uh, but by air, we're going on a ski plane with uh, a plane with skis on it out of <clears throat> this, the the village of Yellowknife, population forty thousand, into the wilderness, uh, uh, into a cabin. Uh, that's on the, uh, a huge lake called Slave Lake. We, this airplane lands literally on the, um, on the, um, uh, ice and then taxis its way up to the, uh, the lodge, which only holds 14 people. And, uh, uh, we'll be there for three days, ice fishing, uh, snowmobiles. Uh, it's really darn cold up here. Last night it was minus seven degrees. Uh, it, it, it we'll get a high today of around 19 degrees. And Yellowknife is even colder. It's more like, uh, uh, it's currently about minus five degrees, uh, uh right now, but it was, uh, last night it was uh, close to minus 20. Yeah, minus 21 degrees last night. Uh, it's a concept of cold that you just do not under- comprehend. It's so cold that you can actually hurt yourself or get killed if you're not properly uh, properly dressed here. You know, one of the things that uh, that I learned at a very young age, I was stationed at Fort Wainwright in Alaska. And so I have experienced that cold. And, you know, you you don't really understand, like you said, you don't comprehend as a kid growing up in South Mississippi how cold it really gets in those northern regions, and it is miserable at times. However, one, one of the things that I did notice while I was there as a young man, if you get out and start exercising, start chopping wood, start doing whatever you're doing out, to getting busy, you'd be surprised how fast you will start to warm up and you'll be shedding clothes, and it'll be, you know, especially on those days where you've had a front come through, it's cold, but the wind is not blowing anymore, and it's just, you know, minus 15 or something like that, the sun's out, and you're like, it's not that bad, because it's really super dry. Yeah, yeah. Michael, I have so much to share with you and all of the audience when I get back. I got off the plane in Calgary and took an Uber to the hotel. What? I met, I met, yeah, I met a, um, uh, an African, uh, escapee. He was driving for Uber and just became a Canadian citizen. His name is Awet from the little African country of Eritrea next to Sudan on the east coast of Africa. He talks about how he was beaten brutally, brutally by a dictatorship in this small, uh, 1,500,000 population country. And he talked about the brutality of the dictatorships in Africa and the threat of China taking over some of these smaller countries. He went on and on and I recorded it while we were driving in the Uber car. What an interesting individual, a spiritual man, uh, a Christian, 
and because he believed in a Christian faith, the dictatorship tried to kill him. And they do that, and just and he goes on to describe how people are brutally killed. And if you leave the country and escape, you will never see your family that remains behind. It's he, he was actually in tears talking about it while we were making our way to the hotel. I that this is just one story, and then we go out to dinner last night in a small steakhouse, and I meet a gentleman by the name of Mark from Ukraine. Who uh, who leaves Ukraine and comes to uh, Canada to become a citizen? It's interesting. People come in, and Canada's got people becoming citizens literally within a six month period of time. The system of immigration here is in place and seems to work. And they gentrify into the community in different uh, you know uh, types of uh, laboring jobs uh, because. And uh, the other citizens won't take that word. They do it with joy and pride and create a sense of, of honor and privilege to be here. It's really quite a story I have to share when I get back. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We will, uh, we will definitely set that up for probably not next week, but the week after, because I think next week you'll probably be uh, just getting back. So uh, That's right. So, you know, we'll, we'll try to plan on that a couple of weeks from today. You know, I'll tell you, our immigration policy is obviously broken, Gene. we got less than a minute left. But, you know, one of the things I think is that there are actually people in our government that are not only allowing this but encouraging this because they are doing it for political reasons. The system's broken. They don't want good people coming in here. They want the people that are the lowest rung of the ladder which don't really help your country that much. That's just my editorializing of it. But in any case, uh, 20 seconds left. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, in 10 seconds, basically, it rings clear when you step away and look back. I see a deep state conspiracy that's using the, uh, the ilk of Biden and the Biden crime family to perpetrate the greatest fraud on America we've ever seen. I'll talk more about that when I get back. But I do see it all being revealed, and the best days are yet to come. Gotcha. Gene Valentino, call, the longest caller ever on the radio with us here at WMXI and WFOR on the morning show. Have a great time, Gene, and uh, give a hug to Maureen to me, for me. I sure will. Thanks, guys. Take care, everybody.